Hi, I'm Kevin Owens. I'm the division president for RPM Living. I'm based out of Atlanta, Georgia. Happy to be with you today. And for the three people who don't know what RPM Living is, uh, can you tell us? Sure. RPM Living is a property management firm headquartered out of Austin, Texas. Um, company that's been in business for 20 years this year. We're celebrating our 20th anniversary later this year. Um, company that started very small. Our founder and CEO, Jason Berkowitz, essentially started it in college with the purchase of a duplex and began managing that and traded it up for a quadruplex, traded up from there uh, about oh, five, six years ago, um, built the company to about a 5,000 unit portfolio. And in the last five to six years, our growth has exploded pretty dramatically to the point that we are now at just over 115,000 apartment units in 23 states across the country. And uh, the growth is continuing. So I'm um, very excited about that. That's a lot of growth. I, so do you guys still own some apartments or? Sure, we do. We own about uh, 15% of our portfolio. Um, so about 85% third-party managed and we own about 15%. Got it. And how long have you been with RPM? I've been with RPM technically with the organization for almost five years. Um, and let me explain why I said technically. Um, RPM Living merged with the company that I was with called CF Real Estate based here in Atlanta about two years ago. I'd been with CF for almost three years at the time. When that merger happened, uh, I joined RPM Living, obviously um, joined their executive board and have been with that group ever since. And so technically with tenure collectively, I have been with the organization almost five years, but with this group as a whole, as it currently sits uh, right about two years. Okay. So the, and in the last five, so you're like, you came in the middle of the hyper growth. Yes, that's exactly right. So our, our merger happened, the company RPM formerly known as Roscoe property management was about 50,000 units at the time, maybe 55,000 units at the time. And CF Real Estate, the company I worked for at the time, was between 25 and 30,000 units. And so when the merger happened, that was obviously a significant growth piece um, of and above and beyond that 50 plus thousand they currently had or had at the time. And so we ended, up, ended that year at about 85,000 apartment units and have grown organically since then another 30,000 units or so. So um, we were talking before we started recording. Um, you know, I, I grew up as a, as a sports fan, liked to play mm -hmm. sports, was a fan. And there's a lot of great lessons and analogies from sports. Um, and one of them is passion. You could see yes. the players that are, I would say, most successful play with a lot of passion. Mm -hmm. And I think that culturally we look at people and think that to be successful, it's all about the knowledge and the skill that you have. And I think in reality, those things are important. But a, a, a key ingredient is passion. And just from seeing you on LinkedIn and, and, and not really knowing you, but judging you, I see you as a person that's very passionate about what you do. And so, one, I'm, I'm curious about your, your, your thoughts about passion. But mm -hmm. more importantly, as, as you're growing, you just doubled in size, building a team. How do you build a team and ha around passionate people? And how do you instill that passion in them? That's a great question. I, I 100% believe that passion is a critical component for becoming who you want to be, what you want to be in, in life, especially in your career. Um, I am very passionate about what we do. I love my job. Um, I've loved it from the moment I started in the business. And, and I've always said that in our industry, you either love it or you don't. And if you love it, it's very hard to get away from. 
I've had so many people that worked for me who made a decision to leave the industry to go somewhere else, but inevitably came back, um, whether they went to the vendor side and came back to the op side or whether they left completely and came back. Um, and I think passion is part of that. When you love it, you're passionate about it. It's, it's ingrained in you. Um, and I think that's been a big part of why we've been able to grow the way we've grown is we have a team of people who are extremely passionate about what we do. But I want to be specific about where that passion lies. Uh, certainly, I'm passionate about customer service and serving our residents, our clients, our, our vendor partners. But I'm most passionate about providing opportunities for the people within our organization. And that, frankly, is why growth is really important to me. Um, growth is nice. It's fun. It's exciting. You know, when you see your name on the NMHC top 50 list and that that name and the number beside it, you know, keeps going up. That's fun. Have to admit that. But the reality is what that growth does is it provides opportunity for our associates to improve and grow their careers. And I love that. There's nothing that excites me more than to announce a promotion, than to congratulate someone on the next step in their career, uh, to celebrate that with them. That is a passion point for me. And what I believe 100% is that passion translates to them, through them, not only personally in their level of excitement, but in the service they then continue to provide to their customers, our customers collectively. Uh, so passion is, is a critical component to me. It's very important and it's something I don't think will ever change. So I think a lot of people will say that they're passionate or they love this industry, but I don't think they're as passionate as they say they are. Sure. And I think a good litmus test is, you know, are you excited Monday? Do you look forward to Monday? And, or, you know, listen, weekends are great. Family time is great. Right. But is that only thing that you're living for? Do you wake up excited on Monday or every day? Yeah. And I'm thankful that I, most of the time, I really look forward to coming to work. And it's not because I'm running away from something. I really look forward to my family time too. But because I'm, every day is a, is a challenge for me and I'm, I'm excited. Like, I almost like it sometimes when things go wrong because it's exciting to fix it and it's exciting to get better. So how do you tell when somebody is just telling you they're passionate versus really being passionate? You know, I, it comes out in behavior inevitably at some point, but you know, I, I really like to have the kind of relationship with people where they'll be honest with me um, because here's the, here's the truth. Every day is not a good day. Um, and I love what I do, but every day is not a good day. Uh, so there are days that are harder to love what I do. There are days that are harder to feel passion. So I want people to tell me if they're feeling that way, because I like to dig in a little bit to find out if it's circumstantial, if something has happened, if the day's been tough, a client call wasn't as good as they hoped it would be, a resident yelled at them, whatever the case may be, what made that day a bad day? Or is there a pattern that has begun to develop? that would give a clue as to whether that person has either lost passion or maybe never had it. So I would prefer to have that discussion than to observe. And if it gets to the observation point, you know, as I said earlier, I think behaviorally it comes out, but frankly, I think it comes out of results. Um, you know, results follow that passion. In, in my view, you have to have skill, you have to have talent, you've got to have you know, all these components, Components to know your job well enough to be successful, whether it's in sales or maintenance or marketing, whatever the case may be. But if you have those and results fall off, 
then that's a clue to me that perhaps the passion, the energy has fallen off a little bit. So that's when I would start to dig in as well. Um, if I, if I see a drop off in performance. I'm just a thought that came to me is, is I actually think that passion can be created. Um, going back to sports where like people want to play on a winning team. They want to, you know, when, you know, you exercise and your muscles are sore, it's exciting because you know, there's growth there. So yeah, there are tough days and there are times where it's not so exciting, but when that's like a learning moment and a growth moment. And I think that our industry could use more of that of, you know, we're, we're doing something bigger than just what our job is. I could not agree more, Moshe. And, you know, we're, we're providing homes for people to live. And that's one of the most important things people need. And so we have an opportunity to do something bigger than ourselves. And I think from a, the perspective of, you know, social involvement or other factors, individuals get into our business for various reasons. I think that could be one of them. And so, again, as a leader, I find it's important to identify what is important to those individuals who work in our organization, what drives them. Is it a paycheck? Is it commission? Is it bonus? Is it because I'm helping somebody? Is it because I like collaborating with the team? Whatever that is, if I can dial into that and figure out a way to enhance that for that individual, I think that passion could be enhanced. Um, you know, to me, when an individual can face challenging times, can have a bad day or a bad week and can bounce back from that, that's evidence that there was real passion there in the first place because we all had them. But I also think that as leaders, as company leaders, especially, we have a responsibility to build a culture, to build an environment that allows people to bounce back. Um, that environment would include an ability to make a mistake, to screw up a little bit and, and not feel terrible repercussions every time uh, to have the ability to come back from that, learn from it and do better next time. It would, it would include an environment that enables an individual to have honest conversations when they're not feeling their best or feeling their most passionate and not look, be looked at as you don't love the company anymore. You're not bought in anymore. Um, you're just being honest and real and that's okay. So we have a responsibility uh, in our roles to ensure that, we create environments where that passion can blossom and grow and improve even during bad times. So again, I'm, I'm, I'm judging you and I'm coming <laughs> to the conclusion that you're, you're part of the people you're not on an, you're not at a 30,000, you're not on a private jet away from everybody. Um, and you know, it seems like you're candid, you're transparent, you're approachable, so one, what would be your advice to other executives in the industry to become that? Mm -hmm. And the other is what would your advice be to the people who want to have that connection with their executive and their executive might not be just like you? So one, thank you for that. Um, I certainly want to be known as that. Um, I am not perfect. Please do not uh, assume that. And if you're watching this at this moment in time, don't think that either because I'm not. However, I do want to be known as that. Um, I want to be known as the person that I can pick up the phone, I can text, I can call and talk about anything I need to talk about. So what I would say to current executives who are maybe wanting to be that but are struggling to be that or be known as that, I think you have to find a way to go where the people are, number one. Um, you know, I mentioned we're in 23 states at the time. Uh, I happen to have in my portfolio 22 of those states. And so I am on the road a lot. I travel a lot. And I do that not because I think I have to. I, I 
believe 100% that I could lead and manage that portfolio from right here in my home office um, or in our corporate office in Atlanta. I believe I could do that. I have the kind of relationships, rapport, um, the skill set to do that. But I think it's better when it happens in person. I think it's better when I'm in Denver and Phoenix and Albuquerque and Chicago and Orlando and Tampa and Miami and Charlotte and Raleigh, Durham and everywhere in between to be able to face to face, have conversations to thank team members face to face and to give them a face to face opportunity to have those kind of conversations with me. Relationships can certainly happen by phone, by zoom, but the reality is they're better in person. It's kind of like, you know, the dating world. I, I remember it's been a while, but I remember. It's better to have a relationship with somebody <laughs> right. in person. Yeah. Well, you know, the long distance relationship thing. How often does that really work? Um, it can, yes. But does it happen a lot? Probably not. And I think there's application to the work world in the same way. So whether you're a regional manager, an RVP, a, a vice president of operations, whatever your position is, the more you can actually be physically close to your team, the better chances you have of being known as that person that is among and of the people. If you're looking to grow in your career, I would say find a way to do that wherever you are. So if you're a leasing consultant, if you are a service technician currently, find a way to build relationships with your peer group and with your supervisors. So if your if your manager, if your regional, if your VP, whatever the case may be, is not necessarily aligned to be in that kind of position, to be um, more personable, more relatable, then you direct that. You take charge of that. You reach out to them. Um, if nothing else, even if it doesn't work with that individual, you're going to develop practice skills that will come in handy down the road. So don't look at your position and think because I'm at a certain level on the totem pole, I don't have an ability to positively impact my organization, my career, because I don't have the positional authority to do that. You absolutely do. You can make an impact on who you want to be today by practicing those skills wherever you are. There's having a piece of the pie and then there's having the whole pie, 22 right. out of 23 states. Yeah. So let me explain that a little bit. So our organization, <laughs> we have about 115,000 units. Um, our company, formerly known as Roscoe Property Management, started in Texas and grew a significant platform in the state of Texas. So oh, just over half of our portfolio is in that state from a numbers okay. perspective. So my counterpart at RPM Living has frankly, more apartment units in her portfolio than I do. Obviously, the geography piece, I just win. <laughs> so, yeah, just a little bit of geography uh, Got it. on my side. Bigger sure. Texas. It definitely is, no doubt about it. So uh, the way we wrap up with is with some curious questions, yeah. um, and actually just based on what you've said. So do you, you fly a lot. Do you have a favorite airline? I do. I'm based in Atlanta, so it may seem obvious, but it's Delta. It's not because I'm in Atlanta. It's because I've never had better experiences with other airlines. I've tried American. I've tried United. I've tried Southwest. And I just don't, I don't like the Southwest process. They are very nice people. I get why people like them, but I like being assigned my seat and, you know, being told when to board. It's just that structure in me is really appreciative of that. 
But my experience with Delta has been better than any other airline. I've been thinking about, sorry, a little tangent, but based on what you just said is, yeah. is there's chaos in the structure. And I yeah. think like, however you understand that, that is property management. It's making the structure within the chaos. That's exactly right. I, I've argued that our job description could be boiled down to two words and that those two words are problem solver. And that's taking chaos and bringing structure to it, essentially. So I agree with that. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite city to travel to? Well, that's a great question. Um, in my work life, I'm not going to pick one because as my team sees this, I don't want anybody to think I picked a city that wasn't Well, it wasn't have to be based on the team. Just so, yeah. Out, so let's, uh, let's look at purpose. just geography, just geographical. And I'll start with my work world. Um, based on... Everything from the beauty of the environment to the climate, uh, Phoenix is a favorite of mine. Now, if you visit in July, be ready because it's extremely hot. But the mountainscape, the hiking opportunities, the golf, which I love, uh, it's a beautiful place to me. So I, I love Phoenix. Um, from a personal standpoint, my favorite place to have ever visited is an island called St. Lucia in the Southern Caribbean. Uh, my wife and I went there for our 25th anniversary and just, I still can picture some of the scenery in that place. It's just a beautiful place. And last, do you have a, uh, an interesting habit? Interesting habit. Uh, I don't know that it's interesting. Um, I am, I'm a fan of humor. And so, you know, social media is one of these things that, that I try not to go down the rabbit hole in, but if I do go down the rabbit hole, it's looking for comedy. It's looking, whether it's on TikTok or Instagram or YouTube, I'm looking for comedy. So it's you have a comedian comedians that you're, that's a really good question. Um, I, I'm going to say it. Um, I, I really think Dave Chappelle is hilarious. Um, uh, he's edgy for sure. Um, but he's one of the funnier uh, I will tell you, I'm a little old school. Um, I won't tell my age, but uh, Richard Pryor was one of the funniest human beings I've ever recall hearing. Um, but I also like kind of the dry humor, like Seinfeld. I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. Um, the TV show I've watched, if you've watched a, a net, I think it's Netflix, um, is Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Uh, it's It's him driving in cars and having coffee with other comedians. And it's just kind of on the fly, off the cuff. And one of the funniest things I've ever seen. So I like to do that. Um, I don't know if I'd call that a habit, but it's something that if I'm looking for kind of a, a mindless release or just kind of, you know, get away from it all for a while, that's what I'll do. I, a good sense of humor is, is, is a good thing to have. I so couldn't agree more. Those that want to build a relationship with you should come with a good joke. Yes. Bring, bring the jokes, especially good dad jokes. I like those. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you very much, Michelle.